In this series, we interview game changers from around the globe about digital ethics, online activism and social media. We get to know them, their stories and how they have harnessed one of the greatest phenomenons of our time. A little warning, most of our episodes are for adult ears only with frequent droppage of the F-bomb. I'm Roisin Bevan. And I'm Daisy Grant. And this is Harness. And suddenly people who had never, ever given me the time of day started looking at me really differently. I was so cool and great before. Yeah. And I didn't know my worth. Our first ever recorded interview was with Honey Ross. We didn't tell her that, of course, because we are two incredibly professional podcaster ladies. Honey is an Instagram icon. We have followed her for a long time and we were so excited when she agreed to chat to us in November 2018. Honey is an activist and writer whose candid persona is loved by so many. She has been a member of activist group The Pink Protest alongside Scarlett Curtis, Alice Skinner and Grace Campbell since the birth of their campaign to break the stigma around female masturbation. It's worth mentioning that Honey's father is television presenter Jonathan Ross as it explains her experience of growing up in the public eye discussed in this episode. Her openness about her own mental health attracts a lot of people, particularly young women, to seek advice from her. We discuss how this sits with her and the responsibility of the position she happens to be in with thousands of followers. This episode includes chats about trolls, stalkers, the experience of being fat, masturbation and friendship. We would like to issue a trigger warning for this episode as we discuss mental health and eating disorders. If you'd prefer not to listen, we hope to catch you for our next episode. Welcome to Honey Ross's episode of Harness. Thank you for coming and talking to us. We're really interested to know more about your journey with social media and your Instagram. Now you have your own personal page, but you're also part of um, a bigger organisation or a bigger movement through the Pink Protest, which we'll come to. But I suppose something to start us off with is why do you use social media? For me, Instagram was such a lifeline and it actually really saved me and my relationship with myself, you know, from going from being a really self-loathing teenage girl to Mm. actually being a really secure young woman. Instagram completely saved my life. So actually the way I am on my account, Honey Kinney, is just, it's in a way very selfish. Like I'm just completely honest and then I'm actually really lucky that people respond to that. Like I think, I hate being like my brand, but like I think my brand is the fact that it's just like, this is actually who I am. This Mm -hmm. is as close to the truth that I'm willing to share. This is, you know, my most authentic self that I'm willing to share publicly. And then people just happen to have responded to that. So I've actually been really lucky in that sense. When you you say that Instagram saved you as well, did you join Instagram when you were like quite self-loathing? Yeah. And then do you think... I don't know if this is true. Was it like the honesty that you kind of put out there that got you out of it? Or was it what was on there um, that you related to from people you followed that got you out of that kind of headspace? I think it was the latter more mm. so. And then the the former followed on. Mm-hmm. You know, I joined Instagram when I was very much a self-loathing teenage girl. Mm-hmm. I think. Can you share with us a little bit about yeah. what kind of self-loathing? I mean, it's difficult growing up one in the public eye you know my parents are Mm. successful in the fields they work in Mm. you know so I was as a teenager getting you know everybody has insecurities as a teenager Mm. I just happened to be in a position where those insecurities were actually written to me by strangers on the internet on the daily mail message board so I would you know a photo of me would come online and I was an idiot and would look at it and it would be like she's so fat she's so gross blah 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 fucking kids i know i was 13 and i'd see things like that and be like 
Oh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That makes yeah. me feel sick. It's yeah. like, that is horrible. And right, yeah. yeah. And it, I think mm. it's every teenager's worst nightmare is, <laughs> and you've just seen, you know, Graham from Nottingham has written it to you. And you're like, <laughs> Graham, fucking Graham, Graham from Nottingham. Graham? Are you kidding me? You, yeah. No. I always found it worse was people be like, actually, I think she's a very beautiful English rose. And, yeah. and I'm like, no, please don't defend me. It's worse. Like, yeah, I just want to, yeah, like, yeah. just let me die. I just oh, want to, don't want to take goodness. up space anymore. And, oh, God, like, I remember I went to, I went on holiday with my dad. It was just me and my dad. And we went to this theme park, had a really lovely day. And there were photographers, and they took a photo of us. And somehow there was this article being like, honey, honey's gone on a diet with her dad. They're doing this diet together. And it was true. We were doing this diet together. And I was like... It's so humiliating yeah. that everybody knows that I'm doing this weird diet with my dad. And but I was like, this was accompanying like photos of me like on Splash Mountain. I was like, why is this happening? I was like, that it was such a unique like therapy-inducing situation yeah. where you're like, what the fuck is going on? So you know, there was obviously that element of self-loathing, which is yes, it's unique, um, but it is it's fascinating, and. Well, I actually think it's not even unique. I think it's just a macrocosm of what every teenager's feeling. Yeah. I think, like, I know that that is how so many young people feel. Mm. And and like I've said, I just was in a unique position that Graham from Nottingham was relaying (laughs) the information that I already (laughs) felt about myself to me. Whereas, like, when you're not in the public eye, it's like someone from school, I guess, is saying that about you on the internet. Whereas you've got some fucking stranger from... I don't know if that's worse. I I feel like there is is a unique kind of pain from having... (laughs) the Daily Mail take a photo of you on a beach. Like, you know, that's that's something that not a lot of people have to experience. And I think when you're at a sensitive age, and also because you can't really fully comprehend the consequence of you going onto the comment section, that you will go on and you will look. And that's so painful. But then it was interesting because that kind of um, mobilised me and got me angry. And I think Mm. I, I used to feel like, I think there were two ways I could have gone, which was, read those things and be like, right, I have to lose all this weight and this is what people are expecting of me and I have to do this. Yeah. But actually what it made me go was like, fuck you. Like, yeah. no, 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 this is not how it works. And even though it didn't take me, it took me a long time to realize that was what had happened. Mm. I was kind of going like, why am I not motivated to lose weight? And I was like, actually, because it doesn't mean anything. Mm. And I know that I'm a intelligent, cool young woman and it mm. actually means fuck all what these strangers think about me like I think I'm great and I remember that was how I felt where I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like I think I look pretty cool I was like yeah, yeah. Pretty cool young girl and then yeah. I'd be like why do I get out into the world and you know I went to a very privileged North London school um where I was in a group of five best friends and three of those five had you know life-threatening eating disorders mm. and I was really tall and really big and very blonde and they were all like Five one yeah. with an eating disorder and yeah. all brunette. So the boys in our year had a very much tailored idea of what they were interested in romantically. So I just completely felt like I just felt like such an outsider for a very mm. long time. You, your family, have always come across as kind of knowing yourself. Like mm. you know, you know who you are, and at least from the outside, it doesn't feel like you are easily rocked. Is that is it exposure therapy, like you're saying, that mm. makes you that way, or is it is there something a value system that informs that kind of fuck you self confidence that you know we we, we are going to push back a bit. I think mm, I think it's a bit of a combination of the two. I think you know my family have always been a bit quirky and a bit weird. And I think because of that, we're like, 
well, I'm not going to change. I'm like, yeah. I, why, do, why am I the one who has to change? Like, I was like, mm. I, and I think, you know, I was lucky to be raised by, you know, we've always, my family have always been kind of called freaks by the media. Like, I, mm. again, like, bringing it back to the Daily Mail, there was literally a whole article about, like, the Ross family, they're weird. Like, there was literally, I remember really? reading that and being like, like, we were hissing ourselves about it. Like, because it was like, Jane Goldman has red hair. God forbid. And then it's like, and it was like, and it was like, Betty Ross is gay. And like, and we were all like, oh my God, imagine that. A lesbian. It's terrifying. And like, and it was like, Harvey Ross plays video games. Honey Ross is fat. So it was like, oh my gosh, this family is so weird. Like, whoa. And we were all just like, this is so stupid. I was like, this is honestly ridiculous. And I remember like, I mean, you kind of have to laugh at that. Like, yeah, completely. And so, like, you know, if you've got people constantly telling you that they think they know you, mm. you're like, well, you don't at all. I know myself. And yeah. I think that mm. gives you a really strong sense of self. Wow. And, like, when people are saying that kind of thing yeah. and you're like, oh, my God, are you that close-minded? That yeah, that's absolutely. crazy and weird. Yeah, and absolutely. You, it's so easy to dismiss it. I, well, I mean, I don't yeah. know because that hasn't happened to me, but that's what no, but comes that, across. It's fully that where you're just like... Uh, I remember there was a thing in that article... I, we, which what, the family weird family. family the weird family article where it was saying something like <laughs> I wonder if we could find oh, that oh you can <laughs> um, I will sh- it was it. like there was a thing being like Jane Goldman looks up from playing World of Warcraft and mutters I am a goblin I was like <laughs> ah I was like what insider gave you this person more like, like, you're like what goblin was sitting on our shelf in our yeah. room yeah. like listening like, to this as like, if my mum would be like I am a goblin. I like, was like, are you okay? Like, mum, mum. It was just baffling. And so I think we have always, I've always given off the impression that I don't care. But mm. I think that is because it came from a place of me caring so much. Really? And yeah. like, especially like coming back to Instagram when I first joined Instagram. The reason my Instagram was so like, when I was younger, like it was, you know, very normy. was because I cared so much and all I wanted was to be like a digestible, small woman who didn't take mm. up space and... You know, it was very performative. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, look, I've learned how to do all these plats. And like, yeah. it was very innocent. Like, I look back at my old Instagram and I'm like, oh, sweet, sweet angel. Like, this isn't <laughs> anything you care about. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you you go through shit and it changes you. And I think I was able to make my outsides match how I felt on the inside mm. eventually. Mm. And that's where I'm at now. How do you go from having a social media which is not empowering you follow people who don't look like you Mm. who um look at one way or who don't feed you or challenge you yeah and how do you start to curate something that is empowering i went through a period where i got glandular fever Mm -hmm. and gained a lot of weight Mm -hmm. more than i had in a long time and i was you know i think i was like a size 20 or something and that i felt very out of place in my body. And then I also had my heart broken by this boy I was absolutely in love with at school. Mm-hmm. And then I lost so much weight. I started doing this really intense, do you know the keto diet? Where yeah, you is that, well I see it, I see it it's on It's really trendy actually. now. Is it? Um, but at the time it wasn't at all. It's high fat, like you just eat a lot of butter. Do, <laughs> you, right. do you basically yeah. kind of like stop, do you, you fast as well? Or no, do you don't, I didn't ever fast, but you don't eat any bread or carbs. You're right. meant to eat, you're allowed to eat 20 grams of carb a day. It was like very intense. I lost like a shit ton of weight very, mm. very quickly. And suddenly people who had never, ever given me the time of day started looking at me really differently. You know, I lost weight. I lost so much weight. Mm. And Was that in a positive? Or... Well, it was that positive reinforcement. It was like, mm boys who had never ever spoken to me were going like you look amazing and I was like 
how fucking dare you? I was so cool and great before. Yeah. And I didn't know my worth because boys like you made me feel like shit. And now I've lost this weight and you see me as someone that, you see me as fuckable basically. Yeah. I'm, you, you're suddenly like, I'm worth listening to. And I was like, I was always like, the funniest girl in my class. I was always yeah. like really bold and really confident. And I was like, but you didn't give a shit about any of that. It was literally just my exterior just holding how you I back. Look. Yeah. So I think that really, that was a huge turning point for me in terms of being able to go like, okay, yeah, I actually just need to learn how to love myself so aggressively. And that was when I- I love that. Like, I want to love myself aggressively. aggressively. Yeah, totally. I think it was that moment of realizing, you know, like, actually getting the validation you think you always wanted is not what you need you need to get you need to validate yourself internally you know I went on my Instagram and just did a a huge overhaul so what does your Instagram look like now I stopped following any straight size models I only follow plus size models Mm -hmm. I just follow like fun wholesome meme accounts I follow body positive accounts I follow um like really interesting activist accounts I followed a lot of body positive yoga accounts Mm. it was just a complete overhaul and because the thing is, you expose yourself to so many images on Instagram. If you can change the story that your Instagram is telling you, yes. then you can change the story you're telling yourself. Yeah. I would love to hear your opinion on Piers Morgan's uh, review, which you may have successfully avoided, and for that I salute you, uh, review of Tess Holiday's um, cover uh, image on Cosmo magazine. I mean, and God, he, yeah. I mean, I just... wish I'd avoided that. No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I actually had this conversation last week. I was actually telling you guys about this previously about this panel I did last week but someone asked a question being like but the thing is how far are we gonna let this body positivity thing go before we realize that we're glorifying obesity oh and okay. I me an and this Christian. amazing woman on the panel with me um who's an academic called Nadia Craddix and me and her both looked at each other and went <gasps> like gasped yeah. because I was like I can't believe you just asked that question and I snapped and just went you know, I was like, I did the normal spiel of being like, you know, you can't make assumptions about someone's health based on their weight. That's yeah. between them and their GP. You have no idea. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, they kind of went like, oh, blah, blah. and I just went, oh, don't be aggressive. Yeah. And I went, and oh, then, no, and nice. so I then snapped and got like a little bit emotional, but it's like nothing wrong with that. Emotions mm-hmm. don't scare me. I went, um, at what point are you going to stop pretending that you give a shit about these people and actually just admit you hate fat people? Because that is the, that is the truth. Yeah. Fat people make, people like Piers Morgan uncomfortable. Yeah. He doesn't like that Tess Holliday is comfortable in her body. Yeah. He sees it as something unruly and something that can be contained. Like, I think the thing that scares people the most is a woman who is comfortable just taking up space and existing, and that is exactly what Tess Holliday is doing. You equating actual body weight to taking up space. Yeah. Women want to be thin, so we literally don't take up space. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Well, oh God, I, I'm obsessed with the comedian Catherine Ryan. Like, she's yeah. honestly just the most incredible woman in the world, and I love her. Yeah. And I went <laughs> to see her um, Glitter Room tour the other day, and she did this amazing bit about um chloe kardashian doing revenge body you know after lamar um you know Mm. he was obviously going through stuff but like their (laughs) marriage disintegrated Mm. and she did the show revenge body and she lost all this weight and blah 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 and i remember being like oh that's really disappointing and Catherine said this thing which i was like god it's so true where she was like yeah because when a man tells you to go away a tiny bit of you should and i was like oh (gasps) my god it's so true Mm. it's like why do why are we conditioned to think that the mm. best revenge is making ourselves smaller and taking up less? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Because that's kind of putting your hands up and being like, yeah, my body was the problem. My body was the problem the whole time. Like, it's like, no, it wasn't Chloe, you're 
great. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. The problem was like Lamar had addiction issues, and it wasn't your fault. Like, and now yeah. the whole world is telling her that she made the right decision because she's fuckable now yeah, and she's absolutely. a milf now. You know, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, like she's thinner, taking up less space. She's less vocal. It's like brilliant, just yeah. how we want you. Yeah, yeah. You know? exactly. it's True. like the end Ugh. of um, every Shakespeare play. Like once the Shakespeare female heroine gets married, she's suddenly like. And I'm now gonna not say anything yeah. too funny for the rest of the play. And you're like, yes. what? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, but you were so cool before. It's like, <laughs> I no, loved I your pants. Yeah. yeah. And like, I loved your, your fighting, but like, no, not no, anymore. not anymore. Would you say? Because there might be the argument if I said to someone, curate your feed in a way that's completely to your identity, yeah. to your identity politics, mm-hmm. to you, sure. that we never hear a different voice. Yeah. But would you say um, that that's okay? I would say, ultimately you need to look after your mental health and you need to look after yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's not, you know, I still read the news and I'm still, yeah. you know, I'm still aware that people like Piers Morgan exist and say ridiculous things like glorifying obesity. Like I'm still aware that the world's a horrible place. I just don't see why I need to be bombarded with that constantly because we already are. We live mm. in such a terrifying time to be mm. alive, to be women, to be, you know, it's fucking weird time. My Instagram is the one place where I'm like, this is like being hugged. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And like, I think it's like, wh- why... Why do we need to feel like shit all the time? Like, it's not going to make things better. And if any, like, you know, I think it's all right to be content with something like Instagram as long as you don't get complacent in your activism. Why should we subject ourselves to listening to opinions that might be hurtful to our mental health? I remember growing up Mm. when people were like, you're not fat, just wear a full 1950s poodle skirt (laughs) outfit and you'll look (laughs) sexy. I'm like, Mm. what? Like, I remember me and my mum always used to have this joke where, you would go to, like, my mum would have to do, like, if any, if she ever had to do a photo shoot, which she hated doing because she's such a, you know, she doesn't like that kind of thing. She'd be like, they'd either put her in a full 1950s outfit or they'd put her in a caftan. Because it was like, oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It'd be hilarious. like, either cinch the waist within an inch of its life with a fucking yeah. horrible stretchy belt or just cover it up with a burlap sack. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, we don't know what to do with this. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah. fat people still have to wear clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know, like, like, I find it so weird when people are like, like coming back to the Pierce Morgan thing and yeah. and all that you're like at what point like past what number on the mm. scale do you stop seeing a fat person as a valid human being mm. like is that that's how I feel where it's, I'm like yeah. I'm like okay so do you think that this person is not worthy of love and mm. clothing and comfortable seating and respect like what's your fucking problem that's one of the most incredible things about social media is it has the power to make someone feel less alone um did you read uh, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine my my mum read it for a book club and she told me that she loved it. It's really <laughs> tell me like, more. I really loved it. I read it and I think we forget that loneliness and feeling like isolated is such an epidemic. Mm. I think there are so many people, and I know this from firsthand experience. You know, people message me all the time saying, "When well, one, you know, I felt lonely before. Who hasn't? But like, I get messages all the time saying, "I feel really lonely. I feel really isolated. I have no one I can turn to to talk about how I'm feeling." Mm. And I think the fact is, someone saying that they've actually taken the time to reach out to me so they feel less alone. And I think being on social media can make you feel less alone. It can get, it mm-hmm. gives you the power to see that there are other people going through what you're going through and you don't have to be alone and you can talk about what you're feeling. I, I When I was living in Edinburgh, um, when I first moved there, I was so lonely. Like I'd never been, I'd never really been mm. sad before. When I moved to Edinburgh, I was like really sad. Yeah. I think I was, I was like quite depressed and, um, that was just because I was so fucking lonely and I didn't yeah. know how to navigate it. And I think the thing is with social media, you can either use it because yeah. it can make you feel like the worst FOMO that you've ever oh, felt actually. or you yeah, you yeah. follow the right people 
and you see that other people do feel the same way and you find ways to navigate that. So how do you protect your boundaries in terms of you are, you know, you're 21, you're a woman, you're navigating your way through life and all of the shit that that gets that comes with life Mm. and when people reach out to you for for comfort um where you have to say like today I'm not going to respond to those messages or I'm not going to take responsibility for that person's mental health or how do you navigate that because I I can imagine one of which is probably maybe a bad thing that I have but I am I have a tendency to put my own mental health on the back burner to help other people like Mm -hmm. I've always been like that I think I feel much more comfortable in a role of being caretaker than mm-hmm. actually... Are you like the mum of your group? I've always been such a mum and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like... Yeah, I was born to be a mum and I... A mum who hates kids? Oh, no, I love kids. Because <laughs> oh. I'm like the mum who hates kids. Like, yeah. I love... I'm a mum in my group, but I also, like, get that kid away from me. Oh, no. I you love kids. Like thing so you're a, an actually... <laughs> you're a nice mum. <laughs> I am, like, the broodiest bitch really? in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big boy broody. Big boy broody. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I've always been the mum and I think Instagram has just given me <laughs> a bigger span to be a mum to a lot more that's people. That's really actually quite lovely. Yeah. That, like that's your, um, I'm going to put my broodiness yeah. out and use it for the, a force for good. That's so beautiful. I've never thought of it that way, but I guess in a way it kind of is that. So like, even if I'm feeling a bit shit, I actually find it, it helps me to, you know, someone's messaged me how they're feeling and I'll mm. be like, it's so funny you should message me today. I'm actually feeling really shitty too today. Let's talk about this. Like, So if blah, you're, blah, blah. if say if there's a, a, a follower of yours who's listening to this and they're 16 and they're thinking of reaching out to you, what would you say to them? By all means do it. I mean, I did a post on World Mental Health Day the other day saying like, I don't want this to feel like an empty offering. If you really feel alone and you've got nowhere to turn to, please feel free to turn to me. Like, mm. I check my DMs very regularly. I will always try and respond as soon as I can. Mm. And I, I really mean that sincerely. Like, if there's anything I can do to make anyone feel less alone, I'd love to do that. I just feel like I want to protect teenage girls in the way that I wasn't protected. Like, that mm-hmm. is, you know, and teenage boys. Like, I, but I feel like, you know, my follower demographic is less male. So what would you say to people who would say, you know, this generation, they need to put their heads up, they need to stop looking at their screens, take in, the, take in nature, um, that Instagram or social media is vapid, um, vacuous, damaging? What might you say? Because, I mean, of course, there we, I'm sure we can all acknowledge there will be and always be problematic yeah. elements to being well, I mean, addicted to our screens, but we're all doing it. So, like, you know... I still enjoy nature and I still, you know, like, yeah. like, people are multifaceted. Like you can, I'm not on my phone all the time. Like I think people have the assumption that I'm literally like glued to my Instagram. And I think people feel that way. Like, you know, I think maybe if you were a parent, you would maybe owe it to your kids to be like, okay, no phones at dinner or whatever. Like, but mm. I'm not going to tell anyone how to parent their children. Mm. But like, I think you know, I just think I'd be like Pierce Morgan. Why are you asking me this question? You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's stupid. It's like, people like you know we're not mindless robots we're all people going through stuff like obviously like I can still appreciate like Mm. standing in a forest and Mm. (laughs) going to a gallery and not taking a photo like I do loads of stuff that's not documented yeah and I think people make the assumption that just because you're showing them something it's actually your whole life and it's like there's you know a lot of my Instagram actually especially the funny stuff is a character that's not actually who I am yeah you know and we were talking about this when we first met earlier today when you guys went I feel like I know you and I was like but let's Mm. not forget you actually don't 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're only seeing what I'm showing you. Yes. It's very kept, like, you know, and for every time I'm honest and I say, I'm having a bad mental health day. There are days when I'm having a bad mental health day and I don't post at all. Mm. And there are days when I'm actually having the best day of my life that I don't feel the need to share because mm. it's got nothing to do with anybody but me and the mm. person involved with it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear, just for the lols mainly, the um, what's the weirdest negative comment you've received um, on or about your Instagram and how, I mean, I know you've already said you used humour. Clearly your family uses the weird family, <laughs> goblin-speaking goblin family. family. Yeah, um, goblin-speaking use, goblin <laughs> uses humour to, you know, get through that. My mum has a stalker who, which is not funny, like, ha, 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 but like he, continue, <laughs> he continuously finds, like I'll block him and then he'll, find, he'll make a new account. And he always oh posts things God. like, he's like, he's like, why don't you have tits like your mum? I'm like, because I don't. Like, it's like, I find it so funny. Um, which <gasps> That's is that, awful. Oh, awful. I mean, I mean, I know. And, and like, but then the thing is like, but I find it funny. Like, I'll absolutely rip him to pieces. Like, I put it on my story being like, I said like, me and my mum wouldn't touch you with a barge pole. He was like, I'd much rather have sex with your mum than you. And I was like sorry to say this, neither of us would ever have sex with you. Neither of us. We mm. would never... And then, like, once he joined... I was, me and my sister were doing a live mm. when we were together. We were, like, just, like, pissing around and, like, doing our makeup in a hotel together. And he joined the live. And everyone was like, block him, block him from the live, block him from the live. And I was like, no, 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 no. So he started saying, like, loads of really weird stuff. And I was, like, doing my makeup being like, Nicholas, shut up. I was like, you're being stupid, Nicholas. Like, no. <laughs> I was just like, because if you can't laugh at these people yeah. who are just like clearly bizarre, like what mm. can you do? Like, And is that what you would say to a 15-year-old who's just joined Instagram? If, you know, what does she do if she gets a creepy guy who's coming onto her Well, I would DMs say to or, her, well, you know what, there's this, oh, there's this 15-year-old girl who I'm absolutely obsessed with. She's a family friend's daughter and she's so, I'm just love her and just want to protect her at all costs and I remember someone had DM'd me being like you're fat or something like that super vague uh, and, and I just posted it I posted it on my story went correct yeah. like oh my god yeah. I am fat what um, I didn't know like I, was like I had no idea and she messaged me being like oh my god if I received that message I would burst into tears and I was like I'm putting this out there being like you don't need to these mm. people's opinions mean shit like who cares like I don't care if some random guy on the internet thinks I'm fat. I am fat. Like, good for you. You have eyes. Like, okay. I remember being told growing up, and I used to find this really frustrating, where people would be like, don't engage. Don't engage with them. Don't feed the trolls, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm going to fucking feed the trolls. Like, I'm going to call them out and say it's actually not okay to talk to people like that. So you need to be mm. held accountable for your actions. Like, mm. words have weight. And if you'd said this to someone who wasn't as thick-skinned as me, you could have really hurt them. And it's mm. like, you know what? I'm going to call you out and make you feel shitty like you made me feel shitty. Yeah. Like, I know... Well, know. I suppose that's that. it brings back that idea of shame. You know, if something's a secret, if something's, if someone says something to you in your DMs or something and, yeah. and, it, and you go like, I don't want to respond to that or make fun of it or post it on my story yeah. or that secrecy can bring about that shame so yeah. I suppose you know you're saying take away their power uh, completely I think it's like if you're left alone to 
carry the weight of something like that. Mm. Anything, you know, anything you do on your own is harder. Mm. Like if you can, you know, like if you had to put up a tent on your own, it would take you so much longer (laughs) and you'd be sweaty and tired and you'd want to cry. You get your friends to do it. It's still hard, but you've got your friends helping you. Yeah. And 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 the thing is like, that's my approach to mental health. I'm like, I'm going to get my... Thank you. It's really nice. I literally just thought of it on the spot and I was like, God, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like... that is it. Like, you know, build yeah. up the tent with your friends. Like, you still, you know, oh, it's yeah. nicer that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still hard, but it's, it gets done. Yeah. You just mentioned shame as well. I wanted to talk about the pink protest. Yes. And <laughs> wanking. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of that. It made me laugh so much when you posted, because I think you were sponsored by a, um, like a sex toys the website. the best day of my life. I was like, fuck yeah, I love how much we're talking about this. And you, you posted a picture of you with a dildo, I think. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not making this up. And you were like, I got my dad to take this or something. And I was like, oh I, my God. I literally God. made my mum say this vibrator arrived at my parents' house. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, mum, I'm thinking like full concept photo shoot. Like, I'm yeah. because, but do you know there's this brand called Catherine Delish? And it's, oh my God, it's amazing. They do like all of the like RuPaul's Drag Race girls, like nightgown mm. robes. Like they're like marabou feathers. Is that like, your, like a sugar daddy robe. Me and Betty call them sugar beautiful daddy robes. <laughs> Is that your pink robe? That's my robe? beautiful pink robe. Yes. My dad got me one for Christmas last year. I hadn't cracked out the Catherine Delish in a while. And I was like, mum, it's a concept. I'm going to put the Catherine Delish on. I'm going to get the vibrator. And you're just going to like snap, snap, snap. We're going to yeah. get these pics. And I was like, I love that. I, you know, I've been raised in a family where they just, they're like, yeah, okay. Like my parents are like, fine, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. And that's beautiful. Yeah. But I like, I, I, that came from like, Girls Wank 2 mm. came from such a deep feeling of shame. Like that we all, like, I don't know about your complete, like actual journeys of discovering masturbation and how it was for you. But I remember when I discovered it, I was like, this feels great, but mm. I'm definitely gonna burn in hell for yes. this. And I'm like, I'm like a secular Jew. So <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's possible, but yeah. I was like, I'll make it possible because yeah. it feels right. And I remember like, I would masturbate and then I'd be like, okay. And then never again until I'm married. Yeah. I'm like, I might never get married. Imagine if I'd kept that rule. I genuinely <laughs> still do that. If I watch porn and I like masturbate, I'm like, I'm like, this is great. And then I finish and I'm like, ah! But um, (laughs) and I just think like, why are we so offended by the idea of like a lovely natural orgasm and also of pleasure? It's so strange to me. And like, I think you know, I was raised in a very Scandinavian way. You know, Mm. my family, my household, we were always very naked and very comfortable. You know, my parents were very much like we demystified bodies. Mm. But even then, we didn't talk about masturbation. We never Mm. ever covered the subject. I don't think anyone did until five years ago. No, I yeah. (laughs) When did you? I mean, I mean, I say that flippantly, but genuinely, like, who did? And this is like a genuine question for both of you because I know I know the exact answer for me. Do you know the first time you heard about masturbation or that you could have the I don't know, could have the capacity to masturbate. Does that make sense? I remember my teacher kind of sheepishly saying in sex education, because also this is something I always talk about when we're talking about Girls Wank 2, which was when I was doing sex education in year five, the boys were taken into one room to learn about masturbation and the girls were taken into another room to learn about periods. Periods, yes. And it's like, how is that equivalent? Like, I was like, I have never... Yes. come from my period <laughs> like, and we had um, we, like I was like I was like this is very but I remember my teacher she was this really cool woman called Lucy and she really sheepishly went but by the way you have a thing 
um, called a clitoris and it's kind of like a pleasure button and I don't, I'm not allowed to say anything else. And we were like, what? And so like, that was the first time. And I remember we all went into the playground after and we were talking about it and someone was like, well, have you ever touched your pleasure button? And we were all like, Stop it, ew, no. Yeah. I, would, I would never touch myself. And then I was like, literally all I was doing was wanking at the time. Like I was literally, <laughs> had just discovered was it and was like, constantly Nyeh. wanking. Yeah, furiously wanking. And it only takes one person to be like, yeah, I wank. What's the big deal? To be like, yeah. oh yeah, oh, I do too sometimes. Well, you know, like, <laughs> and I, I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, we found that like as soon as you start a group of women talking about it, you cannot get them to stop. Like me, Scarlett, and Grace will be like, "Say so who wanks," and everyone will be like, "Oh my god!" And like, I like so coming from coming back to the me being sponsored by that vibrator brand, which was kind of not entirely what happened, but it was really funny. But <laughs> I was getting messages from women being like, oh, can you send me vibrator recommendations? I would love that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, absolutely. And then this one woman messaged me. I'm not going to name her because I don't want to, I'm sure she probably wouldn't want me to. But she was like, you know, she was a bit older than me, well, quite a lot older than me. Like I think maybe in her thirties. So mm-hmm. a bit older than me. I love this vibrator. I always talk about it called the Satisfier Pro 2. Mm-hmm. And it's like a suction based one. It's great vibes, uh, literally. And she, <laughs> she was like, I'm having some trouble getting it to work. Like I'll get it in the right spot and then I'll lose it. And I don't really know what I'm doing. And I was like, have you just tried like looking down there and placing it really carefully like over, mm. over your bits? And she was like, this is really embarrassing. I've never actually looked at my vagina. I've n- and I was like, well, you're yeah. in your thirties and you've never, yeah. take, you, d- you haven't, figured yourself out you know what I mean yeah. and it's like because there's so much shame around it women mm. are losing out like no wonder so few women report ever having an orgasm you know what I mean mm. like, no wonder and also like imagine how many straight women would be saved from a hideous sexual experience with a man <laughs> if men were talk about like talk about the clitoris like yeah it should be like, yeah, yeah, it should yeah. Be mandatory it should be mandatory that everyone watches there's a production of the v- vagina monologues that goes around every school or something do you know what I mean that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, it's yeah. like they talk they tackle every Mm. I think because they talk about looking at your vagina and they talk yeah. about like all these different sexual experiences and they're mm. things that people yeah. should be exposed and to. even if you hear that, like even if you listen to the vagina monologues and you laugh at it and go like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. Mm. You hear that it's okay to look at your vagina. You hear that it's okay to touch your vagina. You hear that none of these things are shameful. Yeah. I think it's just about kind of getting rid of that shame. I think so many people are programmed to feel shame around their genitals and it's like, we really don't need to. Hugely. Mm. Yeah. Um, so how did the pink protest come about? Pink protest, which um, you are a co-founder of, I am along a with along with Scarlett Curtis, Alice Skinner, and Grace Campbell, who mm-hmm. are like the coolest people in the world, and I'm so lucky that I get to work with them. Um, I actually wasn't right there at the inception, like at the creation of mm-hmm. the Pink Protest. That was, you know, Grace and Scarlett and Alice did the free periods campaign, mm-hmm. which actually changed the laws on period poverty in the UK, yeah. which is incredible. Amazing. And I went to the protest and I was like, God, they're fucking cool. But they did these videos to launch Pink Protest called You Are an Activist. Mm-hmm. And they got me in to do one of those videos to talk about body positivity. And, you know, I saw Scarlett in New York and she was like, you know, I feel like your video was like one of my favorites of the lot, like, and we did loads. And I was like, that's so nice. And she was like, would you want to be part of it a bit more? Like we're starting this thing called Girls Wank 2 and I feel like that really go- aligns with your honesty and mm. I think that would really work. And I was like, oh my God. Like I didn't even need to think, I was like, obviously yeah. I would want to be part of the pink protest. Like it's, I'm obsessed with it. I think it yeah. goes along with everything I believe in and like how ultimately social media is something that can be used for good. Yeah. Do you have a feel good social media story? That was my last Do I have a feel good story? Oh, question. that's lovely. I don't know, like anytime. I get a DM from someone and they've been like, you've really helped me. It just makes me feel so warm inside and just like, like, you know, I talk about this all the time, but like, I, you know, I feel like shit so much of the time, like mm. all the time, like, like most people. And 
having someone be like, you've helped me in any way. It's just like, fuck, that's amazing. And like, mm. that's why I'm often like social, like it's really a really self-indulgent platform for me in a way, because like, I just feel like pe- I get so much from that. Sure, but really you know, good. don't underestimate what you give to people. Clearly, people contact you and they reach you. I mean, we've reached out to you because mm-hmm. we see, so you know, that you are wanting to contribute to a community of positivity and empowerment, openness. And, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, okay, sure. And I guess that is the re- repeated criticism of Instagram or social media that it is self indulgent, but. No, but I think maybe like, it is. Who cares? You yeah, know, but at the cares? end, yeah. Like, I kind of am always like, we're all gonna die. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of like. I hate to be like nihilistic, but like, like mm. that is kind of how I feel. Where I'm like, we might as well do something nice while we're still here. You know what I mean? Mm. I think like, what like, do you want your mark to be? Sort of thing. Absolutely. Like, how do you want your story to be told? And like, if you can take it into your own hands, which we have the privilege of being able to take it into your own hands, why wouldn't you want it to be a nice story? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think that's probably my best feel good Instagram story is like, mm. I don't know, getting nice messages and like, yeah, mm. it just makes me so happy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Harness. It would really help us if you could like, review, share, subscribe, follow, all that magical stuff. You know what to do. One more thing. We are proud friends of Rafiki Moema and the Carly Ryan Foundation. Both charities work tirelessly to help protect young people from harm and suffering. Support us by following the work of these amazing charities and, of course, each of the incredible guests we've had on the show. We'll include links in the show notes. Thanks for listening.